This is the Pain Information Network. Watt me. Today we're going to talk about an age-old question. Why is it that elephants with those great big brains, why aren't they smarter than us? And why is it that a honeybee whose brain is many thousands times smaller than an elephant to the point of being almost a milligram, how can they find their way around in their expert navigators? And they're organized and they have hierarchy. Now that that's intelligence. And why are we so doggone smart? This is physics, fire, intelligence, honeybees and elephants. So the extremes are honeybees and elephants. Let's start with basic neuroscience. Not the kind of neuroscience you go to sleep with, but the stuff you can kind of like say, well, it's kind of cool. Okay. Well, what you have is you have a neuron and then a connection. Okay. That's the axon. At the end of the axon are a lot of dendrites or little spines, and they interconnect. So something's got to make sense here. If you have a neuron and you have a whole bunch of neurons, well, you just gotta, you got to be smarter, right? Honeybees and elephants tell us otherwise. Yeah, we'd be way down on the food chain if this wasn't true. So <clears throat> during this process of evolution, not everybody believes in evolution, but it happens, uh, the neurons and connections, they improve, and that should make us smarter. But why aren't we getting really smart? We've been around forever. What happened with Neanderthals? Why did, why did they walk around dragging their knuckles, you know, chasing down these dangerous animals with a club? And, and what happened that started to make them get smarter? It has to do with physics and thermodynamics. All right, so what is intelligence? It's, uh, def- it's, it's really defined by the expression of self. Are you organized? Can you keep uh, a sense of where things are? Can you tabulate a mathematical ability? Can you find your way home? Can you get up in the morning and remember the day before and understand where you're going to be in the future? Not now, but three, six, nine, and 12 months. Benchmarks. That's really the foundation of intelligence. You, you you know what needs to be due, and you know when you need to do it so that the next day is more predictable than the last, you hope. All right, so is bigger better? Well, I don't know. There's, a, there's pros and cons to this. Uh, take, take the size of a mouse, and then um, take, take a look at something as big as an elephant. Well, the elephant's brain is uh, about 100 times bigger than a... Um, mouse, maybe more, but neither one of those two talk to me. Bigger brains are related to body size, not intelligence. Um, so what, what, what is happening? You get this big brain in an elephant. Uh, you have all these interconnections. You had the neurons and the dendrites, but it's what the neurons and dendrites do. It, it turns out that these neurons and dendrites are hungry 
They want a lot of energy. 65% of energy that goes into a newborn goes to the brain. As we're older, 20% goes into us. But not so with the lower functioning animals. Maybe it's 6 and 9%. So what, what appears to be happening is there's this density of neurons and interconnections that make the brain more efficient. So if, if there's a whole bunch of neurons and they're, they're big because they're long and they got to make that elephant move, that's inefficient. It takes energy. And it's slow. It's a slow processing event. It also costs uh, so much energy that they spend a lot of their time just foraging. So, what makes us better? Well, uh, the function of the neuron. There's about 90 billion neurons in our brain. Our brain weighs about uh, one and a half kilogram, a few pounds. Um, So, you take these neurons and you make them as efficient as you can. Okay? So... Um, your IQ. Well, the IQ is directly related to the speed of the neurons in your brain. We'll call that the cortex. So I have a very fast brain with a dense amount of neurons, and I'm getting smarter. I start developing language. I can understand things and remember. I can do math. So we take this thing called a functional MRI, and you, you look at this sort of thing through the functional MRI and you start putting it together. The, the shorter pass between the brain areas, that's, that's efficient. That's higher network efficiency, and that's, the inner, that's IQ. That's intelligence quotient. So IQ needs a network, and it has to be very, very efficient and special neurons. Every once in a while, you need a fat neuron. So that's good. That's good for memory, too. So as brains get bigger, they, they take up more space and energy, and they don't have all those connections. They're limited. Most of the connections in an elephant are more for housekeeping, just to move that lumbering big soul. So you need the wiring. That's the connections. And if things have to go a long distance, that's inefficient. Okay. Uh, all right. So what if the nerve keeps the neuron gets smaller and smaller? It doesn't fire efficiently. It just so happens in our grand design, neurons misfire regularly. Um, but if they keep getting smaller and smaller, they misfire a lot. That. That's the point of limiting returns. You can take a computer chip and keep getting it better, but it takes a long time for human beings to get better, 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 and it has to do with selection. So there seems to be a limit when too small is not efficient. But you've got to have this wiring. I talked about dendrites, dendritic formation, and we're going to be talking about ketamine. It also has to do with spine density. This wiring. If it's an inefficient brain, if it's a sick brain, diabetes, Alzheimer's, uh, traumatic brain injuries, you, you know, you can even see it in depression, especially in depression. The brain actually gets a little smaller. It isn't as efficient and it doesn't connect the same. The spines aren't there. 
the networking isn't there. And you can have a, a very, very depressed individual. And well, you can try giving them antidepressants, but we know that 40% with mixed uh, depressive disorders, uh, they don't really respond to much. Enter ketamine. Ketamine can rapidly and efficiently turn this around. So you could take somebody that's morbidly depressed, give them ketamine, and they start developing these spines. Sometimes as quickly as 12 hours. They can, they can be on the cusp of suicidal thoughts. And with ketamine, it can be turned around and they can start feeling a little normal. That has to do with neurobiology in the brain in a primitive place right behind your ear. Interestingly, if you look at certain sections of the brain, our brain, our smart brain, it looks just like a mouse brain. It's called a sagittal section of the primitive brain. We, we know this. We know that ketamine rapidly increases the dendritic formation by this process called synaptogenesis. More on this some other time. Ketamine was developed as a, as a general anesthetic uh, years ago. It kind of fell out of favor, went into the veterinary circle. It's coming back around. So we want this brain to be very efficient. We want it to connect. And we want the different assignments to work correctly. As it turns out, across the animal kingdom, including humans, a lot of these connections, these connections between the cubicles of eyesight, hearing, language, or no language, bark, bark, uh, are very similar, very, very similar. So nature's kind of worked out the commonality. So what happened to old Neanderthal? Well, if you measure the brain in that skull and you make a lot of assumptions and you take you take some mathematical uh, assumptions and some physical assumptions, you can estimate that they had roughly 40 billion brain cells. And something happened. Something happened. What was it? It happened, and it happened big. Fire. We developed fire. We learned to cook, which made efficient caloric consumption a reality. So we weren't just hunters and gatherers anymore. We're actually going out there, killing something, and making it a very efficient meal so we could spend more time doing other things, enter the Bronze Age. So, so about one and a half million years ago, fire allowed us uh, to jump from about 40 billion brain cells from Neanderthal to about 60 billion, and then we follow it up to um, what we are today about 90 billion brain cells. That's, this is the kind of interesting thing. We have to kind of think, are we becoming a limited species on intelligence? Are we getting to the point where we can't go a lot further? Because you think about it, it's physics. We have to get our head through the birthing canal. We can't keep getting a bigger head. We have to make our brain as efficient as possible. But what's the Internet doing to us? What's the written language doing to us? It's taking where we had to store all this information and outsourcing it. So when you think about it, are we really, really going to get smarter? I don't know. I have absolutely no idea.
but I'm taking uh, I'm taking some uh, suggestions if you have them, and that's what me.